Welcome everybody, time for another episode of Asher Sales Sense, brought to you by Asher Strategies. Today, John Asher's guest is Brian Beveridge, Client Director at Dun & Bradstreet. This is a replay of a previous episode, but we found it so valuable we wanted to bring it back to you, knowing that you can grab some other helpful tips from this episode. One of the most difficult and enduring challenges business leaders face is misalignment of sales and marketing. That's not a new concept. But Brian Beveridge knows how to fix this. Even if you have winning talent and winning solutions, if you can't get your sales and marketing strategy and execution working seamlessly, you're missing out on money. While these challenges vary somewhat between enterprise and SMB markets, there are key steps business leaders can take to make substantial impact toward revenue growth. With decades of experience in this arena, Brian has key recommendations for how you can have immediate results to boost sales and crush your competition. Tune into this episode of Asher Sales Sense, aligning sales and marketing strategy and execution to optimize growth. Brian, great to have you on the show. To introduce this subject, um, I've been watching sales and marketing now for really decades, and sales and marketing uh, were not aligned 20 years ago for sure. They tried, but they weren't. When you look at the great companies today, marketing's all about getting qualified leads for salespeople and handing it over to salespeople. And when marketing really knows what they're doing, salespeople now really are starting to uh, like marketing. So, Brian, when you're working with you're working with companies to try to help them align sales and marketing. What are some of the biggest challenges that you see? John, it's interesting that you say that today more and more people are aligned and they begin, the salespeople actually speak nicely of their friends across the aisle in marketing. It has changed quite a bit over the, the last uh, five to ten years, and it's evolving still today. I still come upon organizations where the friendship are not so solid between those two functional areas. And one of the pieces to that that I do see is who owns the initiative. And so I'm speaking specifically about when there is work to be done between sales and marketing on whether it's leads or whether it's content or whether it's anything marketing is trying to uh, develop, create, and pass on the sales to improve productivity, efficiency, and, of course, at the end of the day, sales. And one of the biggest things I see that is really important is who owns the initiative. I get brought in a lot of times at the CEO level, and that's an awesome place to start because if it's an initiative owned by the CEO, I know that everyone's going to be accountable below him. Often, I work directly with a chief sales officer or a chief marketing officer, and sometimes I feel that doesn't always uh, serve the other person across the aisle as well as it would have been if a senior-level CEO or owner owned the initiative. That's a big part. I see that as being the difference between sometimes huge success and just mediocre success. Well, I totally agree with you. And uh, my experience with sales training over 21 years, if the CEO comes to the sales training, the impact on the company is doubled. The CEO is your coach, your sponsor at the executive level. Uh, it makes, makes a huge difference. When you're actually doing this, uh, your work, with this whole alignment between sales and marketing, and you're doing it with the larger companies. I know you work for some big ones. But then companies in the SMB, small and medium size market, what kind of difference do you see between these two? Some of the things are quite similar. Typically, both organization sizes, or any size for that matter, they all want to grow their business. 
And in some cases, scalability is an issue. Um, you know, for the small to medium business market, I mean, unless they're being funded from outside sources, potentially, they have scalability issues. And I think that that affects their businesses to some degree. I think we go back to that other advantage when I said that if the CEO owns the initiative, the SMB market, typically, I am working with the CEO guaranteed or the president of the business owner, and they're owning the initiative, and therefore, everyone's on board and accountable. So that's an advantage for the SMB market, whereas in enterprises, I think that that can sometimes wane depending upon who's pushing the initiative and who is ultimately responsible for it. It makes a lot of sense. From the work we've also done with some of the larger companies, you see really total alignment between the head of sales, the head of marketing, and um, chief technology officer. And, of course, the reason is there's so much technology now in sales and marketing that they have one person. We've seen this in a couple of countries. One person who owns all three of those. It's like, whoa, makes a huge difference. That's a big change that is happening out there. When I started out of college, my title in a lot of my early organizations was VP Sales and Marketing. And I don't know if we're going to get back to something similar to that because that was the slave kind of mentality that we had where marketing was the slave to the sales leader. But I do believe that at some point a marketing and sales leader combined would help the efficiencies of organizations as so much of the technology and the tools that are used today that are connected would be better served with a single leader in that position, depending on the size of the organization. Yeah, no, I totally agree. When you take all the work you've done over all these years as as both a sales and marketing leader and, of course, as a um, running this sales and marketing advisory uh, consulting practice that you, that you do, if you could have a short list of some of the top recommendations, maybe a top three or top five, what, what would those be? I unfortunately don't work with that many companies that have this beautiful trusting relationship between the sales and marketing leaders. They they put on a good show for me typically when I show up at the office, and the minute I leave, I find that they haven't even connected with one another in a month or a quarter except except to prepare for the QBR. And so one of my uh, to-dos with most companies is to remind them that the sales and marketing leaders need to uh, have a weekly check-in, a call, or a meeting, especially if they're in different organizational uh, geos. And that they should get together and that they need to build that trust and relationship. And as I suggest, if they're anywhere near each other, that they go to lunch together and take somebody from within the organization at the lower levels who's on the front lines talking to customers and really find out what's going on in the trenches. Do that and change it out and bring different people to the lunch every once in a while so they can really have their pulse on exactly what's going on out in the field. And I think that that's a, a critical component of it, of, of success. And it does vary depending upon how good that relationship is. And I think the other piece that really gets to me that I see more often than not, but it does depend on industry segment, is tools and technologies that are not well integrated. You know, this lowers productivity and efficiency. And I see this, you know, it's not just a sales and marketing problem. It happens across the company. I ask people, are the tools that you all are using in sales and marketing to help productivity and efficiency, are they, are they connected together? Are they integrated enough to where you are not sweating a lot of time and effort on doing things that could be more streamlined if you had the right tools. So let me just uh, ask a quick question about that. 
our company has been using Salesforce for, I guess, eight years now. I mean, just to give you the bottom line, if I told everybody in our company, the salespeople, we're getting rid of Salesforce and the marketing people, I mean, they, they would all immediately quit. So in other words, the use of Salesforce in a company where it's your kind of main database for sales and marketing, it's all integrated together. You've got Google Analytics to use. And you've got market automation. It makes a huge difference. I totally agree with that statement, John. I think that depending upon industry segment and the maturity of the organization with regard to how modern they are in the sales and marketing side of their business, I do see where organizations have had, as an example, Salesforce in place for six to ten years, but they have no marketing automation platform. They never even thought about it until just recently. So the integration of how they built Salesforce and how they built out that particular capability now needs to be rethought because now they need to do other things with that platform in order to interact and integrate with the market automation platform. And so that is easy. It's a different mindset. The sales guys installed the CRM. That's not a quite plug and play because they set up Salesforce in a way that makes it really difficult to track metrics with regards to marketing campaigns and pushing things back and forth between them. So there's a rebuild there that happens once in a while that I still see. But I would agree with you. Nobody's going to work for a company today that is performance-oriented that doesn't have a semblance of CRM, a market automation platform, and probably a content management system integrated and ready to go. So if you just give an example of this, I'm not a salesperson for Salesforce, but I do like it because it's really benefit, benefiting us. If you went to San Jose and looked at the top of Salesforce's building, oh, five years ago, it would have said sales and service. But now, since they bought Pardot, a market automation system, maybe three years ago, actually they bought Exact Target, which owned Pardot. Now at the top right. of the Salesforce building, it says sales and marketing. So if you've got Salesforce, just to add on uh, marketing from Pardot, and they're so totally integrated together, it's just like a no-brainer. John, excuse yeah. me. It's time to take a quick commercial break. Over 200 correlation studies show that natural aptitude is the most significant factor in predicting sales success. Asher's Advanced Personality Questionnaire, the APQ, consistently identifies peak performers in outside sales, inside sales, sales management, customer support, and 17 other business positions. Go to asherstrategies.com today or call 866-833-9941. That's Asher Strategies at 866-833-9941. We've been speaking with Brian Beveridge of Beveridge Consulting and Vistage Worldwide Executive Coaching on how to align sales and marketing strategy and execution to optimize growth. Now back to John and Brian. So, Brian, of the top recommendations you've got, let me just summarize. One is always have the CEO as your executive coach, or the executive in charge of the project, if you can, so that you can get sales and marketing uh, working together. It makes a lot of sense, of course. I think the second recommendation you had is um, really make sure that the technology involved in both sales and marketing is totally aligned. What other recommendations do you have? I see a lot of change going on that sits right between marketing and sales functions, and one of them certainly is sales enablement plus sales training plus communication to sales. I kind of like put the brackets around that, and there's a lot of really good stuff that's going on here that's usually being driven currently by the sales enablement professionals, and 
this is an easy place for someone to step in and create the bonding glue that doesn't typically exist between the sales and marketing function. And the sales enablement people are living that position, whether it's a part of their role and responsibility or not. But I'm seeing some tremendous work out of some of these sales enablement professionals, and they're developing, you know, simple roadmaps, sales playbooks and things like that, and they're communicating it really, really well out to the sales in the field. And I see that as a, as a huge leap in uh, in making this less of a chasm to go over and more of a, a solid concrete bridge that passengers are going to and from uh, all day long and during the night. If somebody asked me, where are the top tools for salespeople? I would say, number one, you got to have CRM and, and be an expert in it. Number two, you really need to have the sales navigator level on LinkedIn. And be a, you know, be a real power user of LinkedIn. And three, you've got to have a tool like Crystal Nose, a Joy AI, where you can go and actually Crystal Nose is now pretty much integrated into the sales navigator level on LinkedIn, where you can find out the personality style of the, of the buyer before you interact with them. Those would be my top three recommendations for tools. What else out there in the whole sales enable arena do you see as a, as a tool that the sales guys really need? I'm not so sure it's necessary that the sales guys have this, but we are starting to see utilization of artificial intelligence in the sales and marketing areas. And this is helping redundant tasks that are usually being grinded out through uh, BI tools of yesteryear and spreadsheets in order to predict sales and or success of marketing campaigns. This is a tool that now is more available than ever, and almost every single day you can find an organization that has taken AI into a specific niche in the sales and or marketing functional areas, and they're helping organizations predict faster results in advance so that they waited until a campaign had been out in the marketplace for a period of time, or they're way ahead of counting the contracts that came in at the end of the month. And I think that that's going to be an exploding market as we go forward, especially for the smaller organizations that finally can probably afford AI. And it's not so much a dark hole where you didn't have a big pocket. You probably wouldn't be stepping up and having a customized AI tool installed in your enterprise. No, that's a great insight. You know, if you look back at the uh, industries or the technologies that have gone to exponential growth, First one was the, uh, you know, the transistors, the, the Moore's Law. Second was the Internet. Right now we've got cannabis as an exploding growth. We've got nanotechnology, biotechnology, and also AI. A lot of people don't realize it, but a AI is actually going through exploding exponential growth. I would agree with you on that, John. Any other top recommendations? One of the things that really stands out, and I have to just circle back to this in, one of the pieces that really makes a difference, I know, in the outcomes of the work I do is when I start seeing team accountability and mutual goals being set by the sales and marketing leaders, I see this accountability. And then when they can break it down and they can actually talk across all their offerings and they can talk about each of those groups are making a commitment to from a revenue perspective on let's just say net new and or existing customer growth and, and upsell. And they got it to where they're both responsible for the combined goal and then they have individual goals as well. And I think that I would hope this is starting to happen. I haven't seen it yet, or at least no one's told me that. The marketing CMO has compensation tied to 
the mutual success of meeting the mutual goal of revenue between sales and marketing. And when that starts happening, that's when we, you know, that's the behavior that we know that when you tie compensation to things that are important to people, you see outcomes that will align with that. And I'd like to see that happen more. And I think that it's growing. And therefore, I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of that in the future. I agree. I'll just give you our experience. We've worked with 2,300 companies over 20 years. And 60% of the companies we started working with, the salespeople had no quota, which is crazy when you think about it. But today, almost everybody's got a quota. So much, much better, much better alignment with the accountability, the goals, and that sort of thing. Any other top recommendations, Brian? I think there's still one thing that still bugs me when I go into a lot of firms, and I, I do an initial assessment to truly understand what's going on between marketing and sales, and I interview various people on each side of the aisle, from the chief whatever officer down a few levels and then across uh, different potential uh, divisions. And one of the pieces that still I don't believe is up to snuff yet that, you know, I talked earlier that, you know, we're really in a modern sales and marketing environment today, yet many orgs are still using very antiquated budgeting methods. And I still run across organizations that do not have a real advanced budgeting methodology to help their poor marketing functions get enough budget so they can actually fulfill the needs of sales. So I think it's still a problem. When I do an analysis, when it's asked, not necessarily just out of the gate, but I find that most of the marketing departments, and these are, uh, for the most part, I'm talking enterprise level, they're underfunded for what they're doing today. And I think that that's an area that every organization should be looking at a little closer, find some organizations that are similar in a different industry segment, but in a similar type of type of offering and or marketplace and try to see what they're spending on their marketing budgets because there's just a lot of lot of leftover funds that are not getting to the marketing people, I believe, when it's needed in today's world. John, it's time for the wrap-up. Brian, it's been great to talk to you. I love your, uh, your top five recommendations for the leaders and organizations being able to better align their sales and marketing. And, of course, the output of all of this is higher growth. Any other thing to add, Brian? And also, uh, let the listeners know how they can contact you. That's great, John. I appreciate that. We're in, a, we're in a great economy. Nobody questions that. And I think there's a big tailwind out there today. And if you're not growing in this economy, you will have limited future when the wind stops blowing. And the question I'd like to ask your listeners are, are you prepared for directional change? In the, in the economy or, uh, or a major disruptor entering your market. I think that now's the time to prepare an offensive and defensive strategy against potential threats and risks uh, to your future. You know, as, as the saying goes, you make hay when the sun shines, not when it's raining probably. So this is a great time, I think, for people to contemplate what's the future look like if the economy slows down uh, in any way, shape, or form. How does it affect your business? What are you going to do about it? And don't think about it then, because that'll be a knee-jerk reaction. I agree. It'll be too late, because today, companies either have to have a, we're going to disrupt the competition attitude, or they're probably going to get disrupted. I agree as well. And for your listeners, they can find me at, at LinkedIn under my profile, Brian Beveridge. I tell people it's, uh, it's spelled like the drink, but it's Ridge on the end. Or they can email me at Brian. Brian at devconsulting.net. And, John, I want to thank you for having me on your show today. 
And again, thank you, Brian, for coming. And again, for the listeners, if you've got needs in the whole integration of sales and marketing, Brian is the man. John, I want to thank you for having me on your show today. And again, thank you, Brian, for coming. And again, for the listeners, if you've got needs in the whole integration of sales and marketing, Brian is the man. Over 200 correlation studies show that natural aptitude is the most significant factor in predicting sales success. Asher's Advanced Personality Questionnaire, the APQ, consistently identifies peak performers in outside sales, inside sales, sales management, customer support, and 17 other business positions. Go to asherstrategies.com today or call 866-833-9941. That's Asher Strategies at 866-833-9941.